the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 425, Mr. Sonich. Gulfstream Park carryover, huzzah! <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Brendan uh, Tang, huzzah! Congrats to Dr. Tang, who is, uh, literally just became a dad for the second time earlier today and is already in our chat. Uh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of the time my son was born on Kentucky Derby early morning, and then I joined you and Aaron to talk about it after the race. So, uh, crazy what's going on, but congrats to Dr. Tang. Yeah, seriously, congrats, Dr. Tang. Baby number two out of both uh, son and wife healthy, so that's great news there. Um, I was impressed that he was in the Dudes Who Bet Daily chat at noon, too. So he, he oh, is, uh, he, he's just, he's on one right now. I'm, 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 I, I know when I had a kid, I was out of it for at least 48 hours. So I'm, I'm impressed that he's here with us for both of these shows. And he was texting me about how he just missed the Gulfstream Early Pick 5 as well. So uh, funny to hear from that. He's handicapped Gulfstream, well having a kiddo, and won a couple tournaments today, qualifiers too. So Dr. Tang uh, just really putting in the extra work. Uh, I will say that... Um... The, and you know this too that the once you get to the hospital, then you're playing the waiting game. Especially as as the the dad, you're like really just waiting and waiting. And so, uh, you know, you get nervous energy. I get it. You you handicap a bunch of horse races. And speaking of Gulfstream today, um, you know, it sounds like they they have, they have a late pick five carryover for opening day of the championship. We're championship meet now, right? So yeah. We're, we not we're not yet in championship meet. We're okay. still in like the fall, summery, whatever you want to call it, meet. Um, the, the turf was back today for about an hour and a half, and then it rained <laughs> off the turf. Uh, so we did not get any turf races today. We're still waiting for that luscious lawn to be used. Hopefully that's tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what your birth experience was. Definitely no time to handicap race. I would have been skinned alive if I'd start handicapping races in that, in that, that birthing room. It would have been crazy. So... Yeah, I mean, I, but we only spent four hours uh, at, at the birth center when we went, though. So it was not exactly oh. a long, long trip. That was after like 72 hours of labor because it, it was a long one. But uh, yeah, I would have I would have been single leaving that, that, that birthing center if I had been handicapping races. I had almost I want to say it was about 11 hours from the time we arrived till the time he showed up. So there's probably a good. Yeah, there were a few hours in there. I kept being told, like, take a nap, go to sleep, get some rest, whatever. And I couldn't because you know what it's like. You just have too much nervous energy and everything. So I listen, Dr. Ting, I get it. I also want, you know, I get it. I, I understand what it's like. Congrats to everybody. Uh, glad to hear everybody's healthy. Speaking of which, Mike, we've got a healthy card at Del Mar on Saturday. It's closing weekend at Del Mar for the winter meet, which is sad. But uh, they have just, as it's been every day, this meet, the turf racing is incredible. Nine races, five of them are on turf. Three of the five we're doing are on turf. By the way, they're all stakes races. It's, and they're all, I think, really great betting opportunities, Mike. This was a tough one to figure out how to keep the ticket reasonable. We'll put it that way. I, this, was, this was a banger of a sequence. I, you could go four or five deep in every one of these turf stakes if you wanted to. Uh, you really have to take a stand somewhere. I'm singling in one race. I'm going too deep in another to try and make sure that I can cover all my bases in the other spots. I, this is, this is going to be a fun sequence on Saturday from Del Mar. And we know. We will be on the turf. We don't rain off the turf at Del Mar. I love it. That's true. By the way, Goldstream, you're talking about Goldstream Park's turf course. If you haven't seen it yet, we talked about it on Monday, but it's just an immaculate-looking course. They were trying to build it the same way San Anita's is built with a lot of cushion. Um, uh, trainers were saying they loved how the horses were kind of working and how they sounded going over it. Uh, they didn't get to run that today. Still better than Churchill and Fairgrounds. So at least, <laughs> at least there's you know something that looks green out there. But speaking of green, lots of turf racing at Del Mar. The late pick five on Saturday, December 3rd. Let's get into it, buddy. Right is up. 
Oh, so, you know, the uh, uh, um, Dr. Tang, I was thinking about it too, as well as he's got plenty of time to uh, handicap. Apparently, this is the guy that handicaps races and, and wins tournaments while he's actively curing cancer as well. So I guess, you know, a, a little birth and not even the first one, the second one is going to throw him off. Mike, first leg of the late pick five at Del Mar, Saturday, December 3rd, race five. This is fun when we got an inaugural running of the Peter Miller is a cheating scumbag mother. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Stormy Liberal Stakes. That's right. All right. Ironically, no Peter Miller's in this. It's a turf sprint stakes, five furlongs. We've got nine males, three and up. You see here on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, the four Sigiloso is already scratched out of this. Three of the remaining horses are from Phil D'Amato. Did you take any of those on top? I did not put any of them on top. Uh, you could use all three if you wanted to. You could go five or six deep here if you really wanted to. Uh, I thought this is a really tough race to kick it off. I was originally four deep in this spot. I narrowed it down to two. I ended up three deep. I did put uh, I, I put a Mandela horse on top here. Actually, I believe this is a, a, a my racehorse horse here, Lane Way mm -hmm. on top, two horse. Horses career really turned around when they started turf sprinting here. You saw that uh, midway through that four-year-old season. And coming back here as a five-year-old, the last four races have all been solid, all been 90-plus buyers, uh, three seconds and a win. It faced a lot of these horses before. But this horse keeps getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, that race, uh, three back to Lieutenant Dan, was a phenomenal race. Last time out, going down the hill at Santa Anita, looked very good getting the job done. Lincoln Hawk ran second in that race. We talked quite a bit about Lincoln Hawk was scratched last Saturday. Diamato, we thought, had a big shot and a great stakes. So I, I ended up with the two laneway on top, but I, I, you know, five to two. But I do have a price as my other must use here. I'm going to go right to the outside, and I'm going to go to the longest Diamato price in Rebel <laughs> Rebel Posse here, twelve to one in the morning line. Get Rispoli up. This is just a really interesting spot for Rebel Posse to show up here. Uh, CJ Thoroughbred's horse. They had this horse at, at Lone Star, and, and they thought it was good enough to run in the Grade Three Quick Call against Golden Pal in July of 2021. <laughs> Kicks off the 22 career, year here, runs five, three straight sprints at, Lo at Lone Star, gets one win, goes into a, a, a listed stakes, uh, and, and draws the 11 post, which if you don't know Lone Star, it is hard to win turf sprinting from the 11 post at Lone Star. Now we switch over to Diamato Barn. We know how good he is on the turf. Rispoli takes the call. We know how good he is on the turf. And this horse has tactical speed, but a closing kick as well. And that's something a lot of the competitors here – they have one or the other, but not both. I think Rebel, Rebel Posse it's a nice trip here. I think 12 to 1 is a very generous price. So I'm going to see if we get a number home here right off the bat in the first leg. I couldn't use the three. I initially thought I might, but it, there's just, I mean, the fact that the horse was, you know, first of all, that it, a listed stakes at Lone Star, when I looked at the list of who was in that and then look at the list of who's in this race, it's not in anything comparable. I don't care what kind of post he got. If he wasn't able to, you know, be closer than two lengths at, at the finish line of that group after he was closer, a little bit closer earlier in the race, uh, I just couldn't pull the trigger. But I mean, it's D'Amato with Chris Bully. It's it just, you know, there's plenty of reasons to like him here. I did use uh, Laneway on here. Um, such a consistent son of a bitch. Four for five in the money at Del Mar, 13 for 15 in the money lifetime. Uh, he owns a track record at Santa Anita back on October 31st. It was his first time gelded, which that's an angle I love using for Mandela horses. When he starts gelding them, they lane way. I mean, I know they cut back to turf sprinting with him as well. So that probably could, was part of it. But there's been multiple horses where they've done that, where Mandela goes, eh, let's snip them, see what happens. And they suddenly get a lot better. They're more aerodynamic. It makes sense. Um, I did use him. My top pick uh, is going to be the number nine, Coltard. He and Lane Way, they've been battling back and forth. But I went with Coltard on top. One, the price is better, five to one versus five to two. This horse really runs well fresh, which is kind of a knock that I had on the other D'Amato that you're using, the three. His, his first race back from breaks, 
hasn't been his best effort. He usually, the second time out, that's when you want to play him. As far as the nine goes, though, you see back in July 30th this year, uh, with Vasquez aboard, beats laneway by a half length in a five furlong race optional claimer. Goes and misses uh, second by a head to laneway in the grade three green flash handicap. The winner, Lieutenant Dan, arguably the best turf burn in California this year. Uh, the NED stakes, let's scratch that off. If you scratch off every down the hill race and you just look at the four flat races that he's had turf sprinting, he's got three wins and then a third in the green flash handicap, which really was a second, but he missed second by a head there. So I think all signs point to him running well. He runs well fresh. Vasquez is going to keep riding for D'Amato. I think this is a, this horse has got a really great shot, to, especially outrun those five to one odds. Yeah, this is one of the ones I thought you could use if you wanted to. I mean, that's this is a, a simple case of to me. I, I was between the two, the three, the six. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, two, three, six, seven, nine, and ten as possible uses here. And so I, I had to narrow it down somewhere. And the nine ended up on the cutting room floor for me. Uh, cold hard makes sense. I, I wouldn't knock the use. I wouldn't. But it just one of those cases where I had to kind of trimmed somewhere and I would much rather take the 12 to one price first time out of the barn because I, I'm hoping for a big time improvement than mm -hmm. a five to one price on a post that I don't love um, and, and a spot where there's not a ton of speed in here. There's some, but it, for a five furlong turf sprint in California, there's not that abundance of speed that you normally would generally think you're going to see. So uh, I think the deck's a little stacked, stacked against cold art and that's why I didn't use the horse, but I don't blame you at all for using the nine year. Uh, so there are three Phil D'Amato's in here. We're each using two of them, and we agreed on the seven. Turn on the Jets here. Uh, Juan Hernandez, another five-to-one price. All three efforts, Mike, since coming to America, they've been really solid. Won the North American debut, which is never easy for a European horse to do. Uh, beat several. This is a three-year-old that beat several older horses who were all you know, multiple race winners. There were four multiple race winners in that first level allowance. Oh, by the way, that win, first time North America over this course and distance. I think he's got the best tactical speed in the field. I think JJ from post seven is going to get a perfect uh, trip from that spot. If he's good enough, I, you know, that's going to be the one question there, but I, I really think he is, Mike. Yeah, this is the one who I think is probably going to be in the lead or right behind the leader. Hotbox, the eight should go, should be, should be the, the horse that's going to be in the lead. Yep. Seven turn on the Jets is clearly the second fastest horse in this race. Um, it should be sitting right behind. One thing I loved about that Del Mar race, the only one of the three that was at Del Mar in the U.S., and, and we know horses love Del Mar or dislike Santa Anita. That's a common thing in, in, yeah. in this California circuit, specifically going down the hill, because that's a little bit of a unique trip, especially for European horses who have to cross over on the dirt. It's just there's a lot going on there. So you see a lot of horses, Europeans run better down at Del Mar than you're going to see at Santa Anita in some of these turf sprints. And I like the fact that we came from off the pace in that Del Mar race as well. That was the only one where he was not in the lead or, or fighting for that lead early. You saw a difference in tactics, and that created a different result. I think you're going to get a similar race here from Turn on the Jets, who's going to sit right behind or right off of the eight-course hotbox and be able to make a big run around the turn. So I, I think the seven makes a ton of, ton of sense here. Seven was actually the last horse on my ticket for me. I was at 50 bucks. I added the seven to make it 75 here. Um, I, I respect the speed. And I, I love the fact that Hernandez stays aboard as well. He probably had, could have picked a couple in here. And I, he's ended up staying on the seven. I think that's a positive sign here. Uh, one thing to remember about Phil D'Amato, and I'm double checking it right now. Going to Vegas was the only, sorry, he's had two stakes winners uh, from 18 stakes wins on the turf at Del Mar in 2022. Two of those wins were by non-Irish bred horses. It's ridiculous. I remember this during the summer. It's, it's crazy how good he is with Irish bred horses on the turf. That's turn on the Jets uh, in this spot. Neither one of us used the six, what makes Sammy run, or the 10, Sumter. 
Uh, they're both four to one, and Sumter's picking Flavian Pratt back up. Pratt's two for two aboard the horse. He does have a win over the course and distance. Why didn't you use either one of them? Six horse was uh, one that just doesn't seem to like Del Mar as much as Santa Anita. If you look at, at the best races that, that you get from what makes Sammy run, none of them are at Del Mar. Run here three times. Um, I would say the Ocean Side probably his worst race that was here at Del Mar going a mile. Comes back and runs two five furlong turf sprints. Those are probably his next two worst races. Like, and so uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how certain horses love Del Mar, certain horses don't. He seems like one, the one that just doesn't. And now, if you're getting 10, 12 to 1 on this horse, maybe you don't worry about as much or make excuses for some of those Delmar trips. But at four to one, an overly competitive race, I, I just I couldn't pull the trigger on what makes Sammy run. As for the 10 horse Selfner, this was this was the one that didn't make the ticket here. Like this is literally the fourth <laughs> horse of, of the race. I'm going three deep. I think this horse might just be better going two turns. Um, was able to really stretch his legs and get out the lead going two turns and then try and hold people off. I don't think he makes the lead here. I think that you're probably sitting fourth, maybe third in this spot. It's just a different style of running style that you need to see from something to be able to get it done. And on top of that, the 10 post going five furlongs at Del Mar is not a great post. I mean, you're, you're going to be three, four wide on that far turn no matter what you do. Um, and it, I, I respect the heck out of Pratt, obviously, down there. <laughs> I just it's hard to figure out how you're working on a trip from this 10 post against a really competitive field where you also need to take a step forward. I mean, I realize this is first off the layoff later in the three-year-old season. There's logical reasons for improvement here, but you have to improve to win probably 10% over your best effort. And again, I, if we're talking 12 to one, I'm interested. You're telling me it's four to one in this spot. Hard to take. Yeah, too many, too many question marks. Honestly, it feels like Sumter's here as kind of a, a this is a prep, right? He, I think he's a miler at his best. He's got two wins when he goes a flat mile, uh, both at Santa Anita. I, Santa Anita's going to have racing. So this is the end of Del Mar. Santa Anita's going to pick up on December 26th, and they've got it. Oops, they've got it for six straight months. So this is a warm-up for Sumter. That's what I'm reading into uh, with him here. Let's move on, Mike. Thanks for the answers there. Second leg of the late pick five at Del Mar. On Saturday, December 3rd, a little smaller field, uh, maybe not so talented as what we just talked about. We've got a six and a half for a long sprint, six two-year-old males in a 50K starter allowance race. Uh, I wouldn't blame anybody for hitting the all button. That's what I did. You actually singled my top picker. So talk to me about the real horse, Flame Rider. Yeah, I mean, Flame Rider, I think, is lone speed in this spot. I think he's clearly the fastest horse. Um, I love the fact that he broke his maiden and was dominant over this Del Mar course uh, to kind of kick off that that later part of the two-year-old career here. You get Maldonado up, you know the plan is to just go. Geezer won that last race, was 15-1, to 1, but came back and looked awesome in return as well. So that, that flatters mm -hmm. it. And then I'm going to pull up a – I don't do this often. I'm going to pull up a replay of that race just because I want to show the break here. And this, to me, is a huge key when you're talking about speed horses. So the four horse right here, the four, I'm going to go show right here, the four horse right here. This is going to be uh, the flame rider here. And just watch the break here. It mentions stumbled. This horse goes to one knee. The nose almost touches the ground. I mean, oh, wow. that is yeah. a bad stumble. And then doesn't really ask the horse to rush up. But look at this natural speed just carry the horse forward. Now, he goes 22 flat, 44 and change. It's really hard to sustain six furlongs when he actually probably went 21 and one, 21 and two to be able to get that lead after the stumble. And, and you mm -hmm. can tell there's just a ton of natural speed, a ton of natural talent here. If Flame Rider breaks better, he's gone on the front end, just absolutely gone. And like, let him, uh, the five horse in here is the two horse, the Pratt's riding back on, who's three to one in the morning line. He crushes him. And, and you'll notice, like, look, Geezer looks awesome in this race, was able to go right by him. 
but you'll see that Flame Rider continues to hold on as well, which I think is important here. He demolishes the rest of this field and doesn't back up. He doesn't stop. He just gets beat by a better horse in this spot after a tough, tough break, stumbling at the start. So I think Flame Rider, if we can get clean out of the gate, is able to get right to the front from this one post and take this field gate to wire. Um, I, I, I'm hoping we can get through this, this, which is a tough leg. It's a two-year-old. You can see improvement in different spots. But if we can get through this tough leg, I think we can get the, we, we have a, a shot at hitting this ticket. Horse that beat him in that race that we just saw the replay for. One and six furlong allowance last weekend. I think he beat Calbreds, but uh, he got a 78 buyer for that. He got a 76 for beating Flame Rider in the race that we just saw. And you mentioned it, like the Flame Rider didn't get past and quit. He thinks ahead of third. That's that is very telling to me, especially now that it's his fifth race when you saw in the Capote Stakes three back going this distance at Los Al. Once he got headed, he, he pretty much threw in the towel. Maldonado stopped trying. But in this race, you really saw it. Now, I'll ask you this. We're stretching out to six and a half furlongs again. With him being lone speed, do you think that helps him? Or does, is he actually going to stumble bunny? Do you have any worry about him stumble bunnying? Um, I, the distance is the problem. I mean, let's let's just be honest here. That's going to be the, the <laughs> biggest issue here. We've only gone six and a half once before. But we went 22 and, 21 and two, 44 and four in that race and then kind of gave it up. I don't think we're going to need to go that fast to get the lead. I also think there are a lot of other horses in here that are going to be a little stumbly toward the end of this as well. I mean, these are two-year-olds going six and a half, and no one has really shown the propensity to do so. Um, I'm slightly concerned, actually, about the outside horse who broke the maiden at Keeneland, was claimed there, and now is shipping in to run in this spot. However, uh, you know, when you kind of go through it, if we can run back to that, that Del Mar maiden breaking effort, and we're able to kind of carry some of this speed on and get loose, it's going to be tough to catch this horse down the lane. So I, I'm hoping that the six and a half doesn't get the flame rider, but that is the biggest concern. Uh, one of the reasons I hit the all is if, if flame rider isn't able to get that, it's not supposed to be pretty, but um, as far as the two, let him do, you're getting Flavian Pratt aboard for John Sadler, you know, the flight line connection, by the way, I don't know if you saw this uh, Flavian Pratt bought a, he had a huge party catered for the entire Sadler barn. Like all of the employees, uh, yesterday, I think it was. They had like buckets of Corona, buckets of Modelo, a huge feast. Uh, as Flavian Pratt's way of saying thank you to the Sadler Barn for uh, for all, all those nice wins on Flightline. And uh, I'm sure Flavian Pratt could probably afford to buy a few more of those parties with the money he got riding. Uh, but with this horse, you know, this is a horse that's going to come from off the pace. He, the maiden 32K uh, at this uh, at Del Mar, going five and a half is where he broke his maiden. Uh, we're getting a jockey up here to Flavin Pratt. No knock on Juan Hernandez, but it's it's interesting to me. Hernandez just doesn't have a mount. Maybe he was like, you know what? It's a starter allowance. I'm okay. I don't need to ride in this race. But uh, Pratt's going to pick up the mount. You know the horse will be coming from off the pace. John Sadler adding blinkers. It's a 23% success rate with a positive ROI. So he was my second. The longest shot on the board. Uh, I'm seeing the odds for the first time. Number four, Merritt's song at 10 to 1. If you take out his stakes races, not stakes field, uh, he fits here. Now, the issue is he does like to run towards the front. Um, he isn't like the one where it's, he's shown that he can, you know, really get out to the lead. So he's going to have to sit a stalking position. And, you know, the five and the six will be right there with him. Um, as far as the five, I, you know, seems like a synthetic horse, possibly turf horse. I looked into the breeding very heavy on those two sides. The dam was windless on dirt and none of the older siblings, the three older siblings ever even touched dirt. So not sure about that. And the six, man, you brought up the, the ship and win thing that they're trying to do. Paula Capestro, I get it. You get a horse that broke its maiden at Keeneland, even if it's a claiming tag. It's still Keeneland in the fall. It's a huge deal. Did it at this distance. Did it sitting up front and having a lot of tenacity and fight. 
If this was any other trainer in California, Mike, you might feel better. Poor Paula Capestro, six wins from 78 starters. And if you look at the bottom, 0 for 21 with two-year-olds, 1 for 41 off of a similar layoff, 2 for 42 on dirt, and 2 for 48 sprinting. Those are not great stats. Diego Herrera is going to ride. Not great stats as a jockey. Carrying co highway to 123, not great. But if the one doesn't break, this field sucks and he could win. Yeah, I mean, the trainer-jockey combo was was a knock for me here. I mean, it's it's one of the main reasons why I was more confident in singling Flame Rider. I, I think Army Star might be the best, second best horse in this race. I have uh, let him do on top or in second here in my, my picks right now. I, I think that's probably the second best horse we've seen. And if that's the case and Flame Rider blew the doors off to let him do, then, then that kind of forces that single even more in my mind. The fact that Herrera picks this not up, and a lot of these jockeys were at Keeneland for this race. That's the thing. You had like people like Pratt were at that meet. They under, they saw this horse run. Um, to come back and be able to get Herrera here tells me that I, you know maybe this horse isn't as, as big as what you expected. So I, I'm I wish that we had a different jockey here because I probably would have used Army Star if someone else was aboard. Uh, oh, Army Star. Um, by the way, let's do something. We're, we're going to have to change our tickets on the way. Dr. Tang, speaking of multitasking, he's a co-owner through My Race Horse of Laneway. Laneway is going to scratch. So insert expletive here. <laughs> yeah. Two horse I'm, out of the first leg. I'm probably adding something then. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. I'm going to do it. I, we're doing this on the fly. I, I like that one. I'm going to use the other Mandela who picks up Pratt. I, like, again, I'm, I'm a little worried the distance is too short, but that was my next pick in. So I'll, I'm going to insert in there versus uh, trying to maneuver in the other legs. There you go. Look at that. Fix the tickets on the fly. It's what we do in the Magic Mike show. Let's move on, Mike. You had your single in that race. I have my single in the grade three Jimmy Durante stakes, which is the third leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, December 3rd. You've got all of these fillies that are showing up, these two-year-old fillies. You got them from the East Coast. Peter Miller decided, all right, now I'm going to throw some horses in here, and I'm going to give ride to Florent Chiru, which uh, I think he got lost at the airport, got on the wrong flight, because I have no idea who invited him back to California. Certainly wasn't us. Uh, my single is the nine. The best is yet to be for Phil D'Amato. Where are you going on top? Good luck, man. Good luck singling in this race. I thought this one was was wildly difficult. One of the main reasons is I, you know, I'm going five deep. Four of the five drew outside, um, which is really, really tough going a mile at Del Mar. My top pick is going to be all the way to the inside. I'm going to go to the Pelota Sisters, the one horse on top. We've talked about motion, bringing these horses in here. Pelota Sisters last time out showed tactical speed. First race out showed the ability to come from off the pace. I love the fact that we've got both of those in here. There is enough speed that I think Pelota Sisters probably sits third into the first turn. A couple horses clear in front. That trip is going to be a great one here when you have a lot of these outside horses, the 9, 10, and 11 stalls, who I think are probably your three most talented horses, are going to be battling for position out there and trying to figure out exactly what to do. Um, so for my money here, I, I think that the um, – I think the one horse is kind of going to sit a nice trip, going to get the inside route. I like the six to one price. I like these East Coast, East Coast horses coming west here with the motion barn. They've done very well so far at Del Mar. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Pelota Sisters on top. The nine, the best is yet to be, was my second pick in this spot. So I don't hate the single, um, especially if you end up getting five to one. The price on the 11 is going to be very, very interesting here. It's a tough post to win at. Um, you get Chad Brown, you get Flavian Pratt. You're coming in from the east. I totally get that three to one morning line. I don't think three to one is the, the off odds on this horse. I think you're staring more at six to five, seven to five, something in that range, which makes it much more difficult to say, yeah, I want to bet the 11 to win. I'm going to use the 11 um, because I, I feel like I have a separating single. I'm only going too deep in the next race. I have a price in here I really like. So 
I'm going to use the 11 here, but man, I, I think you're going to see the 11 get overbet in this spot. Uh, I'm against the 11, the same reason I'm against your one. Uh, boy, what are we doing here? Saratoga, first two starts for Pelota Sisters, doesn't really do any bit of running. Absolutely is cold on the board in those two starts. We have to move to Delaware Park and get soft turf and drop like at 60% purse. And then we go gate to wire. You're not going gate to wire in this race. You're sure as shit not getting soft turf in this race. And this is first time versus winners. I know they're two, so it's a little different than if they're you know three or four or whatever. But this is a tough spot. You've got some pretty seasoned horses in here. So I think that the one, the one's only chance to win, I think, is to go gate to wire. And I just don't see you're not going to go 24, 48 and a half to get uh, to start here. And this horse really hasn't shown much of a propensity to pass horses. Uh, as far as the nine, listen. Don't forget, Del Mar is still Phil D'Amato's world. This is Irish bred. I told you he wins every single stakes race if he has an Irish bred in there. Won the debut in Ireland. This horse did. Uh, gets privately purchased, sent to D'Amato, goes to Del Mar. I believe you and I both used her in the Juvenile Phillies turf stakes. She was the two-to-one favorite that day. Off slow, runs like she absolutely did not know how to run in North America. They give her time off. It's too much too soon. We drop her back down to optional claiming race. That race was pretty damn impressive. Uh Pratt rides for the second time. Notice she was, you know, two to one in both of those races. Pratt goes to the Chad Invader. But let's talk about Reese Pauline D'Amato. 32% of the turf route stakes he's ridden for Phil D'Amato in Southern California. He's won. That's 12 of 37. And that's with a positive ROI. Reese Pauline is D'Amato's best rider. Not Pratt, not Rosario, not anybody else. It's Reese Pauline. So I'm going to roll with the nine. Uh, the best is yet to be as my single. By the way, the horse that won the Jewel Phillies turf, Comanche Country, went to the Breeders' Cup. And Brita Reese believes the jockey. So uh, Reese believes, uh, knows what he's doing with these horses uh, for Phil D'Amato. And uh, yeah, I love the breeding on this horse too. Lots of winners in the family. It's interesting. You left off the D'Amato Reese in the first leg then. If he's uh, if he's the go-to jockey fair for D'Amato, leaving off the Notice three. I said he's won 32% of the turf route stakes. Yeah. I didn't say turf sprint stakes. It's a lot lower percentage there. Isn't that a lower percentage of what D'Amato wins in turf routes? Doesn't he win like 37% of the time? Uh, I see 21%. I'm just kidding. He's 37% Del Mar right now. Um, That's okay. Sorry. A quick sorry counterpoint on your one. I wouldn't say Piloto Sisters was cold on the board. I mean, got Pratt in the first start and faced Free Look, who ended up in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf in the second start. So, uh, pretty good field to run back into there. So, we'll just we'll just leave that on the board. It was only seven to one against a horse that was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. So, I, I cold on the board's a little aggressive. Um, <laughs> I so third horse in here for me was the eleven. I, I think Liguria was. It makes sense here. Um, Warfront, daughter Warfront. Yeah, that race at, at Backwoodock was very good. Um, was able to kind of stalk, get a wide, little wide trip around the second turn and get the job done. I respect the heck out of this horse, so I'm not going to knock it. I'm going to use it in this spot. I used the ten sell the dream just to the inside as well. Probably the best two turf races going two turns of anyone in here. Um, the the race two and three back in the Surfer Girl and the Juvenile Phillies Turf uh, here at Del Mar, both probably good enough to win if no one improves. I realize the if no one improves is a pretty big statement since we got two year olds here and someone will improve, but the 10 could improve as well, too. So I, I think Sell the Dream fits in this spot five to one uh, with some tactical speeds I think is interesting. And then let's take a monster swing here. Give me the eight horse lollipop gumdrop. Uh, Drayden Van Dyke, Mike McCarthy. This one is the, the gate to wire threat in my mind. I don't see anything but going, going, going here with Lollipop Gumdrop. I think they send directly to the front. That first race, face Comanche Country, uh, was bet a little bit on the board, but not much. Goes up to Golden Gate, adds blinkers. The horse shows significantly more speed. 
uh, 22 and four opening quarter was about five lengths behind that. So runs about a 23 and three somewhere in there opening quarter, uh, able to win the horse that runs second comes back and wins. Now we go right in here and Michael McCarthy's 24% trainer. He's not messing around. I mean, he understands what he's doing and, and wins at a big clip. I see one way for this horse to win and that is go to the front. I think lollipop gumdrop is going to be forwardly placed in here. May make the lead. I like the fact that we're second time blinkers and that we're this aggressive with this horse. It's telling you Mike McCarthy thinks this is a runner. And if he thinks this is a runner, and I'm getting 20 to 1 in a spot where this horse is going to be largely ignored on the board. I'm, I'm going to throw it in there to see if we can get a bomb home. Don't you think Mike McCarthy is just so mad at John Velasquez for not staying in California this weekend? This would be a great horse for John Velasquez. Not so much Drayden Van Dyke. And your other horse you picked is Abel Cedillo riding. Cedillo, I will say, Cedillo, to his credit, if you give him a good horse, he rides it like a good horse. He just doesn't improve a horse at all. Uh, so the horse got second to Comanche Country in a couple of stakes. Uh, so not not knocking you too much on that one. I just couldn't, I can't, I can't go with Drayden riding a front. By the way, the horse had to leave Del Mar and go to Golden Gate to get the maiden broke and only did it against four other horses. The second place won next out. But I, I don't like that we went to Golden Gate where they have a turf course and we decided to run a synthetic. Yeah, I mean, um, the argument but that would be they decided to come back to Del Mar. They didn't stay up there. Like when you win and then you bring them back, it tells you you think maybe your first instinct was correct that this horse is good enough to be hanging out down here. And to just come back into a stakes tells you even more about what Mike McCarthy thinks of the horse. That's true. They are racing to Golden Gate. Uh, there is a, they have some turf racing happening right now. So that is true. Um, as far as the Chad Brown horse, the Guria, I don't like the price. I mean, I'm with you. I think it's going to be way over bet because it's Pratt and Brown, but. The horse had to go to Monmouth for her debut right after the Saratoga meet ended. You didn't go to Backwaduct. You went to Monmouth, and you ran a very distant second. And then you went to Backwaduct and won. But you look at the horses that she was facing, and there wasn't anybody with, with really strong buyer figures or performances coming into it. Uh, there have been two horses that have raced next out. Neither one of them won. One of them went to a maiden claiming race and didn't even get the win. So... I think that she's. I think this is a spot where Chad Brown brought his B squad. And he doesn't really have the horses in training right now, apparently, to send out here. Um, I love. I will say, I love your West Coast bias. I love it. You're just talking shit about these other. Normally, drafts. I don't. That, all Del Mar meet, I haven't. I've been playing Grand Motion horses, but I. You, you I realize don't have that Aqueduct race is better than pretty much any turf uh, maiden special weight that's been run at two turns at, at Santa Anita this entire last meet. Yeah, the best is yet to be. His optional claiming a loss was still better looking. I'll, I'll stand on that one. Go watch that, by the way. She was, it was like a four-wide wall, four wall of horses at the top of the stretch, including the winner that she couldn't get by when she had run. But uh, we'll th listen, we both like the nine here, so no, uh, we don't have to argue about too much. Let's go on to the uh, penultimate leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, December 3rd, race eight. We're back on the dirt. It's a two-turn mile. Attracted nine males, three and up. Uh, N1X optional claiming event. You see backwards in here with mastering for the 40K tag. And uh, Bakteen also has a 40K runner in here, code runner. Where are you going on top? I thought this is a pretty tough race. I mean, mastering is an interesting one. I mean, this is third off a really long layoff, second off a shorter layoff. The horse improves second out. I mean, I could make a case for mastering here at five to one, but there is an abundance of speed. I think it sets up very, very well for the two horse street ruckus. That's why I ended up putting on top here. Uh, Sorin and Pratt, uh, who decides to take them out. This horse has tactical speed, so won't be too far back. My, my biggest issue here is this horse doesn't like winning. I mean, it's just you've, you've got second, third, third, second in the last four starts, all of which the horse was a sub seven to one price and had a legit shot at winning. Now, it was never the favorite in any of those. So at least you don't have that. Can't get it done as a favorite issue because I think that is definitely a different thing. 
But this race just sets up beautifully. I mean, you've got the one who probably wants to go. Four Spirit of McKenna is definitely going. Traeger's coming out of sprints and was leading those, so you're probably going to see the five going here as well. Um, and the two horse is the one that has the tactical speed to sit right behind. And I don't want to be six, seven lengths behind the lead at Delmar going the mile, going two-turn mile. I mean, it's just not a great spot. I want to be sitting in that second pack, and that is exactly where Street Ruckus will be sitting. Pratt should be able to save every bit of ground on both turns, tilt out and go by the tiring leaders. So I almost singled the two Street Ruckus here instead of the one in that that uh, sixth race, but I decided to go with the, the single there and go too deep here, but I put the two Street Ruckus on top. Didn't make him top, but definitely used him. He's, he's never missed the board in six dirt routes when he didn't have a bug boy aboard. Uh, when he has somebody who knows what they're doing, he's got to win three seconds and two thirds. That includes running second in both Del Mar dirt routes again when he didn't have a bug boy aboard. Uh, boy, it, it one for 10, but uh, as far as dirt, but six for 10 on the board. So it, it, it sucks that you have to take that, that uh, short price on it, but it really does feel like this is a horse that's going to. He's going to win one of these pretty soon. You look at how close he keeps getting there. Uh, my top pick is the eight atomic drop at four to one. And I know I was making fun of Abel Sadu and saying, well, he doesn't improve horses. He just handles good horses. It's a pretty good horse, Mike. Uh, you look at his lineup here. He got that big win three weeks ago uh, against N1X Calbreds. If you haven't seen it, that race was really like this trip notes don't do it justice. Got steadied into the first turn when he was running second. The leader crossed over on him. He went from second to seventh in the first turn. And then he had to go out wide because of who was around him. So he goes four or five wide uh, through the first turn, down the pack stretch, into the next turn, has a rival leaning on. The horse that finished his second is leaning on him until the eighth pole, stopping his progress. As soon as he got away from that horse, the burst that he had, it was like he was on turf. It was pretty crazy. So the way that he ran there, the fact that he's won at, at Del Mar and, and, and likes this distance as well, um, you know, winning a second at Del Mar here, I, I, I put him on top. Did you use the eight horse at all? I didn't. Um, okay. This is a you, you mentioned the trip last time. I mean, just sign me up for that same trip again this time. I mean, the eight's going to end up four wide on the first turn and it's, it's going to be a tough spot to be able to come from behind against this field. I couldn't make out a trip for Atomic Drop and I don't see a single race on the board that wins the race for Atomic Drop just from a, hey, go back and point to this race. The only one that could is a six furlong race. You need a career best effort for Atomic Drop to get the job done here in a spot where he, I think he's kind of up against it with all the other pace in here. Um, and that kind of took me to my second horse here. I'm only going too deep. I'm going to go with the 12 to one six horse is my other use here. Direct line. Um, it, it's a little bit of a shot, but I mentioned how much speeds in this spot and direct line last time out, 10 to 10 posts going a mile here at Del Mar. Yes, it was against claiming company was able to get the job done. And what I like about direct line and why I'm taking a shot here is first off, I mentioned, I like street records quite a bit, almost single the horse. This is a spot where I like to try and put a bomb in with it. And Direct Line, who is 12 to 1, has two races at a mile over Del Mar that can win this race. Two of them. Uh, and this is that distance. Both against Worst Company. But both of them coming from a little bit, the last one coming from off the pace, the first one coming from a little bit off the pace in a pretty small field. I think this could absolutely collapse. And I think that the six horse can be able to sit four or five lengths behind, probably behind the two and get one big run. And if we can reproduce one of the two efforts out of the five starts we have at Del Mar, I realize it's a big if, but that's why I'm getting 12 to one. If we can reproduce either of those two starts, this horse is good enough to win against this field, especially with the setup we're getting. If I, if, if I told you, gave you an over and under of 85 and a half lengths that this horse has been beaten by when he's run on, or when he's run protected like this. So scratch off every claiming race. Would you take the over or the under on 85 and a half lengths? Uh, how about we only use Delmar going a mile and then we do that? 
when he was running protected, uh, let's see, sixth, beaten 40 and three quarters. That's the only time he's run protected to Del Mar. Yeah. My, thing, the, my whole point is he's a claiming horse, a starter allowance. Possibly he is not of this count. You make a great point who, if it collapses, but I, that, everything, every race, race he's had doesn't say it's going to work here. Who won that race? Who won what race? Sorry. The race he lost by 40 lengths where he chased the pace. Laurel River, who I think is still trying to finish the uh, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Oh, the horse in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile is the one that beat him. Okay, thanks for that. I just wanted to check there real quick. Oh, which one of these was in the Breeders' Cup from Dirt a, Mile? From, from 16 months ago? You're going to use that? Argue? Yeah, <laughs> he was in better form 16 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for me, I didn't. You, um, I did use the five Tragar as my third choice here. If you scratch off his debut, his other three sprints all fit really well. Assuming he handles routing for the first time, breeding wise, I don't. Know. I think he can handle it once in a while. He's got to catch the right spot. I don't think ultimately he is going to be best going two turns for his career. But this feels like the time to try and catch him. Trying to, you know, for, for sprints now going into a route first time. This is the spot where I feel like you need to get on board the winner last out went gate to wire got a 91 buyer by the way a live threat for the grade one malibu stake so watch out for that horse if he goes to the malibu Tregar is three years old he's never faced age-restricted company so he's always been facing older horses uh more seasoned horses so i used him in here i went with him over the four partially because the four is a much shorter price at three to one. I'm also worried about the four off of the layoff going two turns here and i know he won his debut it was sprinting but the concern I have is that stretching out to a mile, he didn't get the job done. And then now we've got a break to contend with. We haven't seen him for uh, two and a half months here. So between the price and that is why I went with a five over the four. I feel like these are the two speed horses. And I kind of pictured the five possibly being able to sustain it if he gets ahead of the four early. I just don't know that the four off of the break will be able to chase the five or run with him and then have enough to hold off everybody who might be coming. Yeah, I, I think that the four and the five really cook each other here. I, I, if, they, if one wasn't in the race, the other one would be on my ticket. Um, but the fact that they're both in there and you combine that with Mastering, who we mentioned briefly, drawing the rail here. I think that's really important. Mastering has one move. It's to go. He needs to stay brown yeah. on that first turn, which means if they go 21 and four, all three of them are going 21 and four. And Atomic Drop isn't exactly slow on the outside either. Um, and, and he's going to try and figure out how to get position into that first turn. And the best way to do that is to use early and then try and tuck in behind these three. I, if you if you go too fast and all of a sudden you got a four-pronged battle up front, this thing gets messy fast. And if, if that happens, then you've got the five to two-shot street ruckus. And then your next lowest price that would be off the pace, the six-horse direct line at 12 to 1. Well, they come across 2-6. We'll both be happy. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on mike fifth and final leg of the late pick five at del mar on saturday race third boy del mar saved the best one for last year let's get nuts the grade one hollywood derby 11 three-year-olds going to mile and eighth on the turf by the way uh trivia time for the chat because i know mike no offense i just know you're not great with history three different kentucky derby winners have won the hollywood derby only one horse won both the kentucky derby and the preakness to do it anybody in the chat let me know who you think it is while we talk about our top picks here, Mike, five East Coast Invaders, surprisingly none from Chad Brown, but three from our buddy Graham Motion, Shug's in here, uh, and Todd Pletcher brings wit as well. Where are you going on top? I don't even get to guess. You can, but I just didn't think you would be able to do it. Is it the, the Doug O'Neill horse? No, it's not McKinnon. It won no. the Kentucky Derby. Right, no, I was I was thinking of uh, the Oh, the Nyquist? No, the one after Nyquist. I'll have another. That's the one I was thinking of. Because I knew gotcha. Nyquist did not. Because Nyquist, I was there when Nyquist won at Del Mar at the end of it. And then Nyquist won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. By the way, I correctly knew what a Mastodon was this morning. So screw your doesn't know history comment. 
That was not an easy one to pull out of the out of the hat. Okay, um, I went with the three horse Celestial City on top here. I, this is this is I think a really tough race. I mean, there's again a lot of different directions you can go here. I really like that Hill Prince. If you go back and watch that race, it was a monster effort. Beat the aforementioned McKinnon here um, by two and a half lengths uh, that day. Just looked awesome. The turn of the foot was big. It stumbled out of the gate, was further back than, than necessarily uh, Celestial City wanted to be. I like the fact that we get Ramon Vasquez up, who's a, a jockey who can be very proficient here over the Del Mar turf course. Suge sending out here, so we got an east to west horse as well. Um, four to one, I think, is a fair price on Celestial City in another situation where a lot of the threats are all toward the outside again, which is not where you want to be going a mile and an eighth over this Del Mar course. No, you start at the top of the the chute, which is basically uh, right at the top of the far turd, and then you've got to make that uh, you know chicane over into the into the main stretch there. Um, Celestial City is a horse I didn't boy I was like I almost put Celestial City on top I know by the way if you want to see the full preview at racingnews.com Aaron did that and he has Celestial City on top as well the Hill Prince you talked about he didn't just beat them he demolished them when a horse can win a nine furlong grade two stakes in New York by an easy widening two and a quarter lengths that's a really damn good horse. Uh, he's got a two-race win streak uh, consistent runner tactical speed and also drawn very well which you brought up uh, Aaron, Aaron wasn't listening. I thought Aaron might know the, uh, the trivia answer, uh, topic for me. I, you talked about all the, the horses drawn outside. I went all inside horses. I'm going with Cabo spirit on top. I've never made Cabo spirit a top pick and I've covered almost every single one of his races. It feels like, but he just seems built for nine furlongs. He's the best of the local horses. I think if you scratch off that Del Mar Derby effort, every single one of his turf route efforts makes him a major player here. And that Delmar Derby was a very, it, it, to me, it's a, you can't really use that. It's like the Kentucky Derby. I don't know that you can use that as an accurate data point for a lot of horses because Slowdown Andy won gate to wire. Spycatcher was second or third early, finished second. Uh, War at Sea was second, was third or fourth early, finishes third. Only two horses in the entire Delmar Derby managed to close. Cabo Spirit and your buddy Balnikov, who somehow defied the odds, shipped out of California and won a turf stakes at Keeneland. Uh, beating wit, by the way. So, you know, I really think that Cabo definitely is the best of the of the turf horses. The one concern, he's breaking from the rail and he broke from the rail in the Del Mar Derby going over the same course setup. He got pinched back a little bit farther than he usually likes. So Bravo's going to have to work out a better trip from that rail position there. So that's the only slight concern I have. But I feel like Bravo learned from that race or from two races ago. He's keeping the mount. He rides the turf in California just about as, as well as anybody, not named Reese Went back and forth on this one. I ended up leaving uh, Cabo Spirit off. But I'm, I'm a little scared of Cabo Spirit. I'm not going to lie. I, I definitely think that this is one that could get the job done here. Um, and I'm five deep, and I, I, I left this one off. So I, 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 I'm concerned with Cabo Spirit. I had Wit as my other must-use. I don't think I need to go into too much reason, right? Wit, Wit is the most talented horse in this field from a just on-paper perspective, right? Ships in here. I don't like the nine post at all for Wit here. Um, who you know should break forwardly and should be able to work out some type of trip. We haven't seen the horse go a mile and an eighth, and I know you're going to shit all over me for using a practical joke going a mile and an eighth. I, I can see it coming from a mile away, but I'm if only if for... only Wit could run farther than a mile. Well, you know what? Wit has what? the three, three best turf races on the paper. Okay, and I I trust Todd Pletcher more than Magic saying practical jokes can't get a mile and an eighth. <laughs> More than Mike Samich saying it too, apparently. Um, th that was what that's what left it off for me. There's so many reasons to want to like him that he's got the best. Uh, actually, I think the best two or three turf buyers in the entire field as well. 
Um, I really don't like in the Brian. Now I know he was coming off of a, a, he had a little bit of a break. There was a two month break. I don't like how he lost the Brian station sticks. He had that lead. He had it. He was yeah. going to win and freaking Balnikov, a California horse caught him. Like, I don't like that. We're going a mile and we got caught and we hung like that. And now we have to go a mile and an eighth. I, I don't, I don't like it. I'm going to let wit beat me. I left him off my ticket. Um, he is the one that I left off that I'm the most worried about. I just, the way he, it's not just his breeding because you, you know, we've seen Spitestown horses, um, into mischief horses handle mile and a quarter. No problem because of who's underneath on the bottom. You got Mendaglia on the bottom. It's just, I, I don't like the way that he finished the Brian station. And now you're asking him to go an extra furlong. You're picking up Flavian Pratt. So I, I get, you know, there's a lot of things to like about it. I just, the distance for me, I had to leave him off. Let's say that was Celestial City that beat him instead of Balnikov. Would your opinion be different? Well, Celestial City would have beaten him by two and a quarter lengths. I'm just, I'm just asking the question because I think if the Balnikov slander here is just out of control. I mean, you just, you hate that horse so much. I used him. I said two horses closed in the Del Mar Derby. My top pick in Balnikov. That to to put him in the air of my top pick. That's very, very good, Mike. I don't know if you know that. So then, then Wit missing, just missing to him in a graded stakes probably shouldn't be that big of an issue, right? Going, he got caught going a mile, and now you're asking him to do to try and hold off a horse going longer when I have distance questions. I mean, I, I get caught is a little aggressive. He got the lead mid stretch and then got run down late by a horse that was further back. So I mean, <laughs> okay, I got get caught is when you have like a three length lead and you're open, and then someone runs you down because you're stopping, not because that horse was just running faster toward the end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where do we go? Did you use this two script? You did. All right. This is the, the, I went three deep and this is the last one I have on here. So let's talk about him. Uh, we've talked about him before. We talked about him in let it ride stakes a few weeks ago because he's coming off of that turf effort or turf debut at Keeneland. And if you, if you missed the show, grand motion thought this might be a derby trail horse realized early on, he's not a derby trail horse. And they gave him the summer to just grow and develop and be a horse. And boy, did it work. Cause he comes back, wins his turf debut, Against older horses at Keeneland, not easy to do. Ships out here, the letter ride stakes, it's restricted to non-winners of a stakes at a mile or over. So uh, a, a lesser company than he faces here. But my God, that horse was so good in that race. Uh, two of the three horses or two of the three siblings were multiple turf route winners. So you know that there's plenty of breeding here to be able to continue going algorithms. Um, I think he, he only what, raced three times and retired early in his uh, three-year-old year. But there is plenty of pedigree to say he should be able to handle the nine furlongs. Did I miss any reason? You like the two. I, I like the stretch out here. I, I like the fact that it's going to be third turf race, the fact that we're going to go the second time over this Delmar ground and that we're stretching out. I mean, uh, to me, those are the biggest differences. I thought that was a really good first effort uh, against Stakes Company. I guess it was restricted, like you mentioned. This is that the waters are deeper here, but the price is right at eight to one. Riskfully picks up the mount since Velasquez isn't out here. I like that as well. Um, I, I think I think Script has a shot at running a big one. I like that eight to one price. My third pick on here is the sixth horse, Evan Harlan, also Grand Motion. I think this is your gate to wire threat in this spot, and that is the reason why I use the sixth, Evan Harlan. This race does not have much pace in it at all. Your second fastest horse is probably Wit, who has shown that he doesn't really want the lead going around, going two turns on the turf, which means that someone's got to be in front. And if you're Grand Motion and you want someone to go gate to wire, who do you who do you who do you phone on the little jockey phone? Oh, you definitely call Maldonado. That was a good. That's a really good move there. I, I, you are hundred percent sending here. It's an aggressive placement, especially considering you already have script out here. This horse was favored in back to back to back races uh, midway through that three year old campaign. Takes a break off from July thirteenth to October twenty second, 
takes a field gate to wire at Backwaduck, first time with blinkers, and got Rosario up for that that mount. Had Saez before, so you know Motion thinks pretty highly of this horse just based on the jockeys that have ridden it. Now we ship all the way from there, all the way across the country, and show up here in a grade one when you have another horse in here already and there is no other speed. I, I think Evan Harlan is very dangerous to go gate to wire here because I don't think there's any pressure up front. You know, that is a good point. The more I look at this, it's he definitely will be the one leading. And there's a lot of horses that that like to play uh, close chase early and, and horses I didn't use. But War at Sea likes to sit and be close. Spycatcher loves he loves to run in place in second. That's exactly like you could almost like I think he's almost a lot to hit the board because he just runs in place, runs in place. Um, yeah, you're right. He might. He'd be no interesting. One. You've got the, te the Temple City breeding, uh, the Dynaformer, the Bullet Train parts. They all say uh, mile and an eighth, no problem for this horse. I didn't use him. Again, you've got first time facing winners and you're going to this spot. It's it's very tough. It's But, you know, Motion sent him here. He sent two other horses here, so we didn't need to send this one as well. It's just there's also Motion says, like, where else am I supposed to run three or turf horses this time of year? So, I mean, you don't have to go from a to a grade one. You could go to another. That's spot. very true. That <laughs> is very true. Yeah. <laughs> there there uh, are lighter spots that you could put this horse in if you thought if, if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, did you uh, do, do any other horses that you? Uh, that you uh, use? I, I use the eight at C as well. Um, this one to me is look that that Hollywood Derby I thought was sneaky good. Uh, it stumbled early. It kind of was in tight a little bit. Um, it didn't have the late kick that you necessarily want to, but that was the second time going going the mile and eighth distance. The race, the cinema at, at Santa Anita, I thought was a very good race. Need to improve a little bit, but this is the one where you mentioned a lot of the horses that want to sit right behind. This is probably the best of those horses that want to sit right behind. And so if I think there's lone speed in Evan Harlan, and I'm looking for someone who's going to sit directly off the pace, you mentioned Spycatcher and Ward C. Those are the two that I think are sitting in second and third here. Spycatcher does not like to pass horses. So it makes it very hard for me to use Spycatcher, which means that Ward C is the one that makes sense. I also, you know, I'm a sucker for a war front. Street Cry on the bottom. It's a very well-bred horse. Should continue to improve as he gets older. So I use the eight war at C6-1 to one as well. Uh, I wanted to use him because I've liked this horse. I've liked the progression he's had. Ron Ellis is, a, is about as old as the dirt that's at Del Mar. But for him to have a horse like this this late in his career is pretty great to see. I, my biggest concern, I always feel like he needs a race. Uh, the Del Mar Derby, I didn't think he really had much of an excuse. The trip set up well for him, but if he was good enough, he should have been able to beat Spycatcher and freaking slow down Andy, and he wasn't able to do it. Uh, and he was running off of a, a three-month break there. If you look at how Ellis brought him along, it's the definition of running the horse into shape and into form. His turf efforts were better, but even those, he had to run them a few times just to get the win. The stakes when he had in a mile and an eighth, he beat four other horses. And again, it was a spot where Cabo Spirit gets second. Cabo Spirit completely up against it from a pace perspective because he was seven lengths behind in a five-horse field on the turf. You just can't win doing that. So um, that's why I didn't use. But, uh, you know, War at Sea, I do think if there's one horse that knocks me out of this and pisses me off, it's War at Sea because it is a horse I've liked a lot. Um, Spycatcher, I'd be worried if, like you said, he actually passed horses, but he passes horses out of the gate, but then that's it. That's it. Yeah. as far as he cares. We're out of the gate. All right, you stay behind me. I'll stay behind you. We're good. Yeah, he follows his friend and just chases his tail. Yeah, exactly.
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, December 3rd. We're going to go ahead and put our tickets, and they are updated. Mike and I both, uh, after finding out that Lane Way is going to scratch out of the Stormy Liberal stakes, we had to update. So our tickets are below. I'll start. I'm going to go 7, 9, 10, hitting the all button, 1 through 6 in the second leg, singling the 9 in the third leg, then going 2, 5, 8, and 1, 2, 3 for $81. I'm going to play a $75 ticket here. I'm going to go with the 3, 7, 10. I'm going to single the 1 in the second leg. Go 1, 8, 9, 10, 11 in the third leg. 2, 6. And we'll close it with 2, 3, 6, 8, 9. That's 75 bucks for 50 cents. The answer to the trivia question, nobody got it. Dr. Tang would have gotten it if he wasn't trying to, uh, let's see, swaddle a baby, burp a baby, NHC feeder, Goldstream pick five, and filling out a birth certificate. Wow. Yeah, let's not give him more things to do here. Uh, all right. The answer. So the only horse to ever win the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Hollywood Derby, California Chrome. Uh, that, that could have been had because California Chrome is a good turf sire. Yes. And you also and have was, like, a limited amount of California horses that have won the, the Derby and the Preakness that are not Bob Baffert horses. And we know Bob Baffert didn't win a great <laughs> turf stakes. So had to be one of the uh, one of the others. It, uh, they've actually, I couldn't believe that there's been two Derby, three Derby winners have won this race. And then there was a horse, was it Swaps? Did Swaps win the Derby in the Belmont? There was one horse that won, no, it was shit. Who won the race in 72? Whoever won the Derby in 72, um, won the Belmont and then the Hollywood Derby. But that was uh, 51 years ago. I know ago. who won in 73. So, yeah, you know the Derby winner. Okay, did you know this? The Derby winner in 72 was the same exact connections as Secretariats. I and did. And the family was trying to pressure Penny Shenry into selling the farm. And she said no because of that horse that ended up winning the Derby in 72. Save the farm to allow them to run secretary at age three. Crazy. Do you, do you know the only other train, trainer-jockey combination to go back-to-back in the Derby? Ooh, I don't. Who is it? Baffert and Velasquez. Oh, with authentic. I was going to say Baffert. And I was trying to. I was going to say Baffert and Garrett Gomez, actually. And I couldn't remember if Garrett Gomez had ever won. The Bagheer Gomez passed before I started following the sport, but um, only, that only is right. I, knew that. I'm, I gave you that one when we were doing the hits for the Derby when I was picking Medina Spirit. And I, the only reason I knew that was because I went back to check if it ever happened before. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, for everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's been a fun show. Mike and I usually, a lot of times we have good agreement, and we've got agreement in every race, but we're all over the place. And I think it really just shows, Mike, just how great the betting is going to be at Del Mar this weekend. So if you're playing... Make sure you head over to racedudes.com. Check out the Samo Bombs, the premium products, the Racing Dudes Rockets, all sorts of stuff to get. Michael Olsen knew it. He I knew he knew that one. Enough. I knew he yeah. would know that one, too. <laughs> Michael, Michael's a super sharp guy, especially when it comes to uh, California uh, horses. And uh, by the way, he also loves the six that you had there, possibly wiring the last. There we go, Michael. Um, We're Thursday both night for football. wires on. Both 20 to 1 shots, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Thursday Night Football, we got Bills and Patriots. Um, a good rivalry game. What are you betting wise? What are you looking at this? Uh, hate's gone too far here. I mean, this game opened five and a half, it got bet down all the way to three today. Uh, as soon as it got to three, sharp money came in, hammered the Bills, went up to three and a half right away. Right now, it's sitting at three and a half or four. I originally lined this game at 5.2 for the Bills. I wasn't going to bet it at five, um, even though there's a, a real slight edge there. Four and a half, I started to consider it. It's kind of a tough spot for the Bills. They played in Detroit They because of the snowstorm. They flew home. Right. They flew back to Detroit. They flew home. And now they're essentially playing their third straight road game, which rarely happens in the NFL going into New England. However, the full week, I think, makes a difference here. Both these teams played on Thanksgiving Day, so you have a full week to prepare. And, oh, by the way, they played each other three times last year. Everyone remembers 
the weather game where New England threw the ball three times and beat the Bills 14 to 10. Everyone seems to forget the other two games, including the wild card matchup, where the Bills scored seven touchdowns and didn't punt. Uh, they had their way with this New England defense when the weather wasn't involved. There's not weather tonight. I think Josh Allen's feet are going to be important. New England struggled against quarterbacks that can run. See that Justin Fields game on Monday night against the Bears. Uh, so I, I laid the three and a half with the Bills. I would lay the four with the Bills. I like the Josh Allen over 45 and a half rushing tonight. How about, uh, let's see if I can go two for two. If you played the Deontay Johnson uh, prop for the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night, that game wasn't good, but at least, you know, that prop cash. I like Ramondre Stevenson over 16 and a half rushing yards. I see minus 115 right now, but uh, Damian Harris, the other Patriots running back, isn't expected to play. So you're going to see a possible bell cow situation with Stevenson. Um, 60, well, the prop is 16 and a half rushing yards. How are the, the Bills against the run? Not wonderful, not terrible. Um, they they okay. play a shell, too high shell. So they, they kind of forfeit giving up three, four, five-yard runs, which is one of the reasons the Patriots only threw it three times in that game. Uh, Damian <laughs> Harris went for over 100 yards, both regular season games against the Bills last year. So you'd expect that uh, if you have a bell cow, uh, you're going to get the 60 and a half yards. And, and Belichick's plan is going, to be able, is going to be to try and slow this game down. He doesn't want Josh Allen on the field a ton against that defense. So as long as they can keep it close in the first half, I like that over. Uh that game is on tonight, and then make sure you're if you want actual exciting sports bets. I mean, we always give out winning bets, but exciting, more exciting talk. Uh, do to bet daily every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday at noon Eastern, nine Pacific, and then on Saturdays a special start time of eleven a.m. Eastern, eight Pacific, just so we can get those college football games in. A lot of good uh, good football coming up, and then I want to switch back to racing real quick if I can find the. There it is. There's the post. Took me a second there. Bree, uh, wanting to know about some tournament news here. We do. We have the final Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge that leads into the championship is going to be this weekend. It's covering the Cigar Mile. Mike, talk to everybody. In case they don't know about the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge and the championship for the Malibu, tell us about it. Yeah, really cool series we've been doing here. Um, we're going to run this once or twice a year, I believe, is the plan. Um, and this is going to be the end of the first Racing News Tournament Challenge. It's going to be the last qualifier we have. Uh, it's $20 to enter, and there's a cash prize pool for this specific event. One out of every five people in the event will qualify for the finals on December 26th, which is uh, Run Happy Malibu Day. Um, and Racing Dudes is going to put $500 into the prize pool. That is a free-to-enter tournament if you qualify. So zero cost in the finals. And if you're one of the qualifiers, it's the only way to get in. Can't get in any other way. Uh, and the winner gets 500 bucks. Now, if you are a Racing Dudes subscriber to any of the products, the bombs, the rockets, or a premium subscriber, when you qualify... And when you win the, the main event, you get an extra $250 bonus there. So you can get up to $750 free for being able to qualify and then win this tournament. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do. If nothing else, it's $20, low buy-in. If you've never done these tournaments, they are a blast. It's a great way to play a full card and be able to get in with a, a minimal amount, minimal cost and get action all day. Uh, so they're absolutely a blast to play. I don't know if we're doing a live show for, for this Saturday's show as well. We haven't talked about that one yet. Um, with Cigar Mile. So maybe we'll do a live show for this as well. Make sure you check out all the social media at under, Racing underscore Dudes, uh, at Curtis Kelloward, at Mike's, at Samalam18. Uh, we'll definitely tweet it out if we do something like that. Well, you're, just, you're doing my job for me. I love it. I don't even have to give out the handle. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge and make sure you check out the inside track to the Cigar Mile Wagering Guide. If you want to take advantage of that extra 250 bonus for being a subscriber that Mike talked about, it's only, I think, was it $70? It's really, it's, it's a lot less than $250 a month. It's a lot less than $250 uh, for the monthly subscription. So if you're not subscribed yet and you want to try and get into the, or you're in the tournament qualified already, 
just go ahead and subscribe because you're going to want that $250 extra bonus that comes with it. Uh, yeah, $70 a month for the premium picks um, for the monthly subscription. Just go to racenews.com, click on the handicapping products page, and check out the Cigar Mile Wagering Guide. If you're playing the tournament this weekend, Aaron has in-depth analysis of every single race so you can figure out what the experts are thinking you should do there. Mike, until Saturday, when I'm sure we'll show up some point on YouTube, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.